Get ready to challenge conventional beliefs about what's possible in creating health, wealth, and happiness. You are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. This hit show is providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. It is time to open and expand your awareness, accelerate your well-being as Megan shares wisdom, teachings, and experience from a lifelong journey of the heart. Enact the power of radical change with ease and lift your desires to a new perspective. Now, here's Playing on the Edge Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Pat, and I'm here with... With Megan Edge. So great to see everybody today. Yeah, it's playing on the edge. It's edgy. (laughs) I think in all the times we've done that, I think that's the first time you said that. That's cool. (laughs) I think you're right. I think we have the topic for our next show. (laughs) On the edge of edgy? On the edge of edgy. I like it. It could be. Wow. Well, it's good Uh, to start with some humor today because it's going to be a bit raw. Yeah, it is. So let's talk about the show today. For those of you just tuning in, let me tell you a little bit about Megan, and then we'll tell you what the topic today is. So one of the things you'll know, and I've talked about this a little bit, we were talking about this during the last show with Coach Pete, you know, that we are all plugged into a dynamic destiny. Those of you that are listening and you're thinking, no, that can't be me. It's got to be YouTube. No, it's everyone. Mm -hmm. We have that opportunity. And what Megan is so absolutely phenomenally done is she helps people in the world look at their beliefs and look at what's possible. Mm -hmm. And out of that, you get to look at a range of energy and vibration as a master healer and a teacher that she is, an international radio host, a public speaker, a writer, the author of The Heart's Journey, Healing Hearts Oracle Cards, and a guidebook, and much more than that. All of the things she does, all of the workshops she runs, bringing people together, you know, through the the notion and the vibration of soul healing, energy healing, intuitive counseling, energy massage, you name it. This is what she has said yes to in her dynamic destiny. Hmm. But even so, when I say those things, she is a person, a woman like you, like me. We both are. We go through life and sometimes things happen in life that call us to rise to a different level, to talk about some things that most people perhaps don't want to talk about, but are necessary. You know, today... Megan's going to take us on a journey, you know, which is about being on the edge of death and dying. And this is not just something you could look at metaphorically, but in the reality of life, when you look at it, it could be something that shows up in a bigger way. So today, that's today's journey. Every one of us have gone through stories of someone that we love or someone that we know that has walked through the door of death. And yet many times we don't talk about it. We don't reflect on it, but we can see or notice that moment to the day. So today, Megan's going to talk about the mystery, which has fascinated us 
and our ancestors for thousands and thousands of years. You know, that which we see, that which is unseen. You know, what does happen as we die? What happens in the afterwards? And I will say this, it is such a topic, Megan, in our pop culture now, that there are more things being created around death and dying, uh, and many, many layers of it, by the way, mm -hmm. than you can imagine. I mean, even in the most popular of popular um, superhero franchises, right? The whole Marvel franchise, you know, the aftermath of what happened during that last movie and death and dying really disturbed people at a very cellular level. And today you're going to take us on that journey, aren't you? I am. Um, as you've been speaking, there's been different things popping into my mind about how to begin. <laughs> um, and some people know that I recently lost my father. And that was part of why um, I wanted to do this show and to do it in this way. Because as you say, it is such a universal experience to go through the death of a loved one. It's also a very personal experience. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I began observing as things were unraveling over the last couple of months with my father's health was how much I didn't want this to just be a personal experience. Mm -hmm. When my mother died almost 20 years ago to almost the day of my father's death last month, I was by myself. It was me and my husband at the time. I had no children. I was working for the bank. I had a small group of friends. I wasn't doing this work yet. And I was able to very much um, take on her passing in a very personal way. I didn't talk about it with a lot of people. Uh, just It just was a personal experience. And when things started to go terribly wrong for my father over the last couple of months, I realized that I wouldn't be walking my talk if I just kept myself in a box or behind closed doors. I wouldn't be doing myself any service, my family any service, and I'd be certainly doing my clients and my students a huge disservice to keep this experience to myself. And ultimately, I couldn't have. I, I, it may sound dramatic, but I don't think I would have survived it at an emotional level if I had just put it all on my shoulders and soldiered on. Yeah. And so I did something I have never done before with something so personal. I put it out on Facebook. And to be honest, Pat, I've seen other people do this about very personal things and I haven't always felt comfortable yep. with that, you know, feeling like Facebook is a forum that oh, I don't know if that's really the right place, but what it turned out to be was the best place to reach as many people as I could in a very short period of time. As my father had affected people all over the world in his life. And we had friends all over the country and all over the world. And it was actually the best way for me to reach out to those people who knew him and know us. And equally to say to my community, I need your help now. This is hurting. And I can't do it all by myself. Mm -hmm. And the result was so overwhelming, Pat. It was so amazing. The people that I'd never even met before were commenting, were sending prayers, were sending love, were cheering when he rallied. And then 
um, when he didn't, they were all there with bouquets of flowers virtually and, um, and just such beautiful sentiments. It, it has made the whole experience something very different than how I've experienced death in the past. And so I would say this at the beginning of our journey today, when you're going through something that is so much bigger than you are, you cannot do this by yourself. You're not meant to do it by yourself. You have to reach out and let the people in your life know, even let complete strangers know, because they could give you that hug that day that's the best hug you've had all day. It's so important to reach out and, and let your community know what you're going through so that you can move through this, so you can navigate it, which is where we're at still now. And we buried him less than a month ago. And so we're definitely still in the navigation stages of all of this. And it's just been such an amazing, um, I don't want it to sound trite. It's not like it was an amazing experience. It's that it was a horrible, awful experience. And lots and lots of people were holding our hands as we went through it. Mm -hmm. including you, including everybody at Transformation Talk Radio. Like it just, when we can be in a place of vulnerability and, and demonstrate our courage at the same time, yeah, it makes such a difference to going through something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Megan, I think that, you, you know, I don't know that everyone quite understands the depth of what it takes to take something so private public right yeah now i'm not saying that uh that that's not something that all of us consider but it was a decision really to take a vibration of love and share it and i think that's the thing that i think about and i remember about it but for not a single minute do i believe that that was easy right no not at all. Not at all. None of it was easy. Right. Um, reaching out for help. That's a that's a, been a journey of mine over my whole life is learning how to reach out for help. Oh, sister. <laughs> oh. Right? Oh. Even as much as I tell my clients and my students, come on, you got to ask for help. I say to my girls, you've got to ask yeah. for help. And then there I am being all stolt worthy. And you know, no, I don't need anybody's help, which is, of course, BS. Of course, we do. <laughs> right. You no, know, we, we can't do it without. But this is something that really, when I think about it, I want to talk to you about this when we come back from, from break. One of the things that I'm really struck by as you're talking about it and we're really looking at this is, you know, we're talking about an energy that most of us refer to as soul, mm -hmm. right? Uh, we look at soul. We think about what happens after that. And those are some of the things we're going to talk about today. You know, we're going to look at, you know, what it is about the energy of this. Uh, many of us have had experiences, Megan, where, you know, someone has moved on. And I think I've shared multiple times the story about my mom mm -hmm. and the message, you know, from Jesus in the ninth station of the cross. I get more questions about what are the stations of the cross, right? And I guess unless you're Catholic or, mm -hmm. you know, or you grew up Catholic, folks don't know what those are. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the third time Jesus falls. And I was left uh, at the boarding school for the weekend. Mm. And 
that message that came to me as a young child, I, I, I wonder, had I not gotten that message, I wonder how my mom's death would have affected me differently. Mm-hmm. And so isn't part of today and you sharing this in this story, talking about the range of things, you know, how to tell the story is what we just talked about. But then what happens in the aftermath of this? Mm-hmm. What do we start to think about? Yeah. Do we wonder if our loved one is okay? And let's talk about that when we come back, because the event itself rarely is the end mm-hmm. for those that are left behind, but also is it the end for those that have moved on? I think but it's just the beginning. There we go. We're going to talk, boy, we're going to have some fun talking about that, right? <laughs> Let's take a short break. When we come back, Megan Edge, we are taking your calls as well. 1-800-930-2819. And certainly you can go to Facebook and we'll tell you more about that and you know, post your comments uh, as well. We'll do our best to get your comments and questions on the air. 1-800-930-2819. Let's take a short break. When we come back, what did Megan mean? It's just the beginning. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. Our angels and animals are always working for and around us. Darcy Pariso knew from an early age, she felt this incredible presence that was confirmed for her in a Reiki level one course. From then on, she has honed her skills and dedicated her talents to providing answers, inspiration, and tools for people to move past limiting blocks and past traumas to truly live a life of happiness. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Do you sometimes feel overwhelmed by your mind? powerless when it seems to spin in worry circles or bombard you with self-critical thoughts. Do you want to learn how to master your mind and feel more in control of your life? Listen to Dr. Friedman's Empowerment Radio. Shift from confusion to clarity, self-doubt to confidence, and from anxiety to peace and balance. Dr. Friedman and his many guest experts share the insights and tools you want to live with greater ease, joy, and purpose. Tune in to Empowerment Radio every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Is traditional medicine not working for you? Do you still feel as if your health isn't 100%? Here at the Holistic Medical Center, Dr. Nushin Darvish and the qualified staff look through the dimensions of wellness and start a healing plan prioritized to your needs. Our physicians assess the whole you until complete health is achieved. Get the help you need by visiting drdarvish.com or call 425-451-0404. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at maryjanemack.com or call 425-392-0659. 
Visit MaryJaneMack.com. To find answers to life's questions, you need to look within yourself. Dr. Glenna Rice brings your questionable conversations on Transformation Talk Radio each month. Tune in each month for insight into how you can live up to your full potential. Dr. Glenna is a physical therapist, certified access consciousness, and access body class facilitator. How does it get any better than this? For more information on Dr. Glenna Rice and her work, visit GlennaRice.com. Oh, thank you, Benny. That was beautiful. Welcome. What's that little song you picked, Benny? Uh, it's actually just a little ditty from like an R&B track. It's nothing it's a, nothing major. No, not major. It's a little groove. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. Subtle. That's our Benny. Yep, subtle. <laughs> wow. Um, welcome, everybody. Welcome back. And you are listening to Playing on the Edge Radio. And Megan Edge, right here with me, is the host of that show. The show is about radical change with ease. It mm. really is. Yeah. And, you know, I'm starting to get a sense of what that is. Um, today's episode is about on the edge of death and dying. And before we continue the dialogue on that, I want to know how people can find out more about you and also take a moment to talk about the certification you're doing and and the many other things you're doing. Oh. <laughs> Uh, well, we are about to start with the fifth year of the Confident Healer, which is an intuitive, intensive, no, an intensive intuitive healer certification program. This is a 10 month program that certifies a, per, a woman to be a mind, body and soul healer, which is wow. a term that I've coined to describe the work that I do and gives gives that woman all of the tools and techniques that she needs to be the change in the world that she wants to be to help people in the way that she wants to help them coming from a holistic place of mind body and soul mm. we've got one more spot left in that in that class i'm keeping it really small this year um, and it is a very personal interactive class because i know that my own bandwidth right now to hold space for other people is diminished and i want to be able to do justice to those women who are going to go on that journey with me for the next yeah. 10 months but we do have also our intuitive energy massage classes those are open to both men and women and this is a modality a healing modality that i've created out of my whole lifetime and especially the last 10 years of doing this as my work incorporating energy healing touch chakras past life work you name it it's all in there and i now train people to give this technique to their own clients and the people that that they love. So those are the two big certification programs that I have. And then there's a number of online courses, including my eight power steps to becoming a master manifester coming up in November. Dates have not been set yet for that. Everything's been pushed back, Pat, for the last few months. You know, normally I would start everything in September. Yeah, that's when it all went to hell in a handbasket. And I had so many amazing people say to me, just stop and put it down it'll be fine students will be there the courses will fill but you need this time to yourself and and that's that's what i'm saying earlier you know to walk my talk when i talk with with clients when they reach out to me through facebook or through my website or or through word of mouth often the first part of the conversation is what time are you taking for yourself as you go through this healing journey and now that same question is being asked of me by the people who care about me. What are you doing? What am I doing to take time and space for my own healing from this? 
And so when we talked about before the break about is this a beginning for both the person who's passed over and for the person, the people left behind. And I said, it is, it's a beginning. I'm beginning to understand death and dying on a whole different level, a whole different plane, because I was there with him. I was like his death doula. My stepmother and I were in the hospital every day with him. And I was bringing in my essential oils. I was sneaking them in, <laughs> um, bringing in my diffuser, bringing in the medicine that I know how to work with, working on his body, working with massage, talking to him, going through the intuitive energy massage with him. I was doing every little thing I could and every big thing that I could to try to make his experience easier. Um, I was thinking about this before the show, different than when my daughter got sick last year and we, we did a, a show around you know, is it mother healer or healer mother? You know, how does how do we sit with the the pain that a loved one can be in if we're healers? We want to save them. And the choice that I'd made at that time was to step away from being her healer so that I could fully be her mother, which I'm still doing for her. With my father, it was a very different experience. I wanted to be his healer. As much as I was his daughter, too. I I I knew that I could bring to him my work in a way that would be meaningful to him, even if it wasn't the thing that was going to save him. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I feel like um, if we can take just a couple minutes, I want yes. to just give people the context of what it yes. was that transpired. Yes. Because I get a lot of questions around this. You yes. Know, was he sick? Was it expected? All these things that people want to know. Um, no, he wasn't sick and no, it wasn't expected. He did go in for heart surgery. He had a very invasive heart surgery that he came out of according to the surgeon, fine. He survived it. It was a success. Everything was great. He was in hospital for maybe a week and then he was sent home. And almost immediately upon coming home, it didn't feel right for him. He was having trouble breathing. He couldn't get um, enough energy. He couldn't do the exercises that they'd given him to do without it becoming a real issue. He had the same surgery done, almost the same surgery done 20 years ago. And at the out on the outside of that surgery, he ended up with something called Dressler syndrome. And he thought it was happening again. It's a, it's a lung condition. He went into emergency three times trying to get back into the hospital because he knew something was wrong. And on the third try, he stayed in emergency for four days. That's a hell of a thing for anybody to stay that long in emergency. It creates all kinds of psychoses. They know this. It's an actual known fact. It's called emergency room psychoses. If you're in there for too long, they finally got him upstairs into a bed. And they kept, at least from our perspective, I know the doctors and nurses were doing everything they could. I know that they were doing the best that they could with what they had. But it really started to feel like they just couldn't stop poking and prodding. And they just kept changing everything around constantly. So there was no consistency in terms of his care. They diagnosed pneumonia. They diagnosed this, that, and the other thing. For a month, almost six weeks, for almost six weeks, he had what they call ARDS, which is acute respiratory distress syndrome. It's what a lot of people in the U.S. are experiencing right now coming out of all the vaping controversy that's going on, and people are dying from it. This is yeah. what happens. It damages the lungs, and it creates all kinds of breathing issues, oxygen yeah. issues. He ended up in the ICU because he stopped breathing. And the family and him, he was still conscious then. We had to make the decision to intubate him. So that they put you into a medically induced coma and they put the ventilator down your throat, your trachea and into your lungs and you're on a ventilator machine. And that was really the last conscious contact we had with him. 
he was able to squeeze our hands. He was able to move his head and look at us on occasion if they brought his sedation level up enough that he could interact with us. And there was a few dips and then there were a few small victories. And then we thought we had a victory. We thought he was good. He was gonna start recovering. The x-ray started showing improvement. And then that night he crashed. And I came in the next morning, I was the first one there to see him. And I looked at him and he was covered in sweat. He, he was gaunt, the color was gone from his face. I said to the nurse, what happened? This isn't what he looked like yesterday, what happened? And she explained that he got hit by a superbug. This is how this is what they call them, right? We've all heard of these, these superbugs that are yeah. completely resistant to all of our antibiotics, to any effort and attempt we can make to eradicate them. And because he already had the ARDS and his lungs were already compromised and his, his whole system was compromised, when the bugs hit, that was it. And although we didn't take him off life support until four days later, which I have to tell you is the worst decision anybody would ever have to make. And if there's any of our listeners out there who have gone through this, yeah. my heart goes out to you. It is such a horrible, awful thing to go through. But four days before that, that morning when I came in and I saw him, I said my goodbyes because he wasn't there anymore. Mm. You know, we talk about the soul. Yeah. What happens after death or what happens as we're dying? And there's lots of literature that speaks about how many, the, the survivors, the loved ones who are left behind have experiences of knowing that their loved one was no longer there, even though the body was still functioning. I knew he wasn't there anymore. I felt him in the room. Yeah. I mean, this is the work I do. I do mediumship work a lot, among other yeah. things. And I knew he was there. He was standing next to me. And he's kind of looking over at his body going, oh, that sucks. It's not what I wanted. You know, and that that experience of knowing that. like When my, when my mother died, I wasn't there. She was in New Zealand. And she died in her sleep in, in her bed. At least that's what the official diagnosis was. I have yeah. other theories about what happened. But at least she was at home and in her bed. Um, I've seen a, a few pets die, you know, when we do our, our thing and we put them down because mm -hmm. we don't want them to suffer. Yeah. It's basically the same thing. When we got to the point where we had to make the decision, we had to have a family meeting with the doctors and decide that there was no quality of life left for him. My brother and my stepmother and I went into the room. And by this point, he was so toxic that we had to be covered in gowns and everything against wow. him. Wow. He was that toxic because of these super bugs. Wow. And I put my hand on his heart and one hand on his shoulder. And my brother took his other hand and my stepmother was across the bed holding his other hand. And I kept my hand on his heart until it stopped beating. Once they took him off the ventilator, they flooded him with morphine. And within 10 minutes, he'd taken his last breath. Mm. And I... I don't know what I was expecting. I didn't have any ex any set expectations. Like it's not going to be in the movies where, you know, the spirit rises or there's some kind of special effect that right. lets us know when they're gone. Right. It was actually very, very gentle considering how hard he'd fought and everything he'd gone through to just take that last breath and, and just let it go. Just let him go. But as I said, he'd already, he'd already been leaving his body. He'd already been trying out what happens when you go to the other side you know yeah yeah he'd come to me in dreams I'd had four different dreams uh, leading up to his death where he was yeah. right there telling me what was going on 
I didn't want to hear it. I kept saying to him, no, 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 dad, this is in reverse. You're showing me this in reverse. You're going to, you're going to be standing there fully clothed, ready to leave the hospital. That was the first dream I had. <laughs> that's going to be the last time. That's going to be the last thing that happens. We'll get you out of here. But that's not what he was showing me. He was showing me the progression. Um, interestingly, I haven't had, uh, no, I've had one dream of him since he died. Mm. Um, but I know he's around. I feel him. And you, and you, you hear people say this, whether it's their pet or their a person that's passed yeah. away, right? We feel them around us. We smell their perfume. We smell their cigars, whatever it is that we associate with them. Or there's just that feeling of, oh, there you are. You know, yeah, <laughs> with with Joan, and this is, let's talk about this when we come back. You know, this is an interesting thing that we get in, I don't know if you want to call it in our pop culture or in our culture or stories or myth, myth uh, you know, mythology, whatever that is. You know, there's an idea from sources, not sure who they are, you know, those people, them, that want, to, want us to believe that this is how the thing works. Mm -hmm. So then the question then becomes that if this is how it works, then what happens when you think you're getting a sign from somebody 12 years later? Mm -hmm. And I will tell you that I am very clear Linda's mom mm. is still right there with me and still right there with Linda. Yeah. I mean, the reality of me wearing Joan's jacket that's out there on the stage for everybody to see out of all the things I could have picked, mm -hmm. the only white jackets I had were Joan's. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't going to be, right? And when the woman brought me the outfit, she had brought me other jackets and I knew to wear Joan's jacket. Yeah. Very interesting. When we come back, Megan, um, first of all, thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. I mean, thank you for holding space for it. You know, when people listen, you know, what you're doing is you're providing this space for people to feel what they feel mm -hmm. in a society that would tell us we're not supposed to feel right yeah. or it's just you women all <laughs> emotional baggage that you carry but we know better and what it's called is compassion and empathy when we come back let's talk about the folks that are still here yeah you know what happens in this world when you might get a dream, right, Megan? Or you might, in, in my case, I know Joan is talking to me to keep me on the straight and narrow, as she'd say, mm -hmm. when I find a penny, mm. heads up or, or tails up. Yeah. I know that's Joan. And I'll tell you how I see these pennies, the phenomenon around it has to be her when we come back let's talk about the family the friends and the future take a short break everyone we'll be right back with megan edge people often ask what does it mean to thrive on thrive by gen radio it means body confidence mind fulfillment and soul synchronicity 
Create synchronicity with God and learn as Jen shares action steps and real stories that will inspire you to be unstoppable in fulfilling your purpose. Tune in live each Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com and visit JenniferZellup.com to thrive with Jen. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Then tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go to ignite the life you deserve. Visit GetRootedRadio.com and tune in. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose, and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. Sometimes being human has its challenges. Our physical health falters, our spirits sag, our dreams don't immediately come to fruition. Welcome to the power of Maximum Medicine Radio. Join me, Doc Martin, in conversations that will blow your mind about healing. In our hit show, Doc Martin addresses the scientific with bridging to the mystical approaches to give you a new narrative about Maximum Medicine. In this live call-in show, we will journey into the extraordinary genius of the human body and talk about other beliefs that impact being your multidimensional self. We seek the seen and the unseen and explore the earthbound and the otherworldly, all with the purpose of calling forth the maximum you. To learn more about Doc Martin and Maximum Medicine, visit www.SharonMartinMD.com. It's time to get your life back on Burn Bright Today with Jennifer Marcinelli. Tune in each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to move from the darkness of burning out to the light of burning bright. Jennifer is redefining stress and the energetic causes of burnout, shining a light on process to get your life back. For more information about Jennifer and her work, visit BurnBrightToday.com. Hey, everyone. Uh, Great to have you tune us in and turn us on, right? Uh, Thank you so much. We are uh, here with Megan Edge. This is Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge, and I get to share this journey with her. I'm Dr. Pat. Um, But today we're talking about on the edge of death and dying. And, you know, what is it about the doors that open, the doors that close, and those doors that keep swinging? Um, One of the things, and and I want to thank you, Megan, so much for sharing that very, very personal story. Because many people don't talk about things like that that happen. Mm -hmm. And, And there are these codes in a family like there was in my family. There are these codes that you don't tell. And the only reason I found out about my mom's suicide first attempt and then the second 
was because my stepmom did not let my dad throw away the letters she wrote to him while she was in Bellevue Hospital from the first attempt. And my stepmom grabbed them from the garbage and held on to them. Mm -hmm. And when my dad died, gave them to me. And it explained the guilt and the shame of my sister and how the family blamed her. Mm-hmm. And in reality, that's not true. So now let's talk about what happens to those that are left behind. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that some go through? What is it that some don't want to face? What is it about feeling like if I only would have, could have, should have did this? And mm-hmm. I know we all go through that. Uh, you know, I watched it with my best friend. If I'd have only done this, or if I'd have only done that, and yet the pain of taking that on is beyond anything we could explain. So how do we learn to live with the loss of a loved one? Well, it's exactly what you just said. It's learning to live with the loss. This is not something we get over. And and very well-meaning people said that to me after my mother died all those years ago, it's okay, honey, you'll get over it. No, I won't. I won't. I see her every day. I mean, I have her picture up right here. I I see her in my office. But more than that, I see her in my children. I see my my youngest daughter's dark, dark brown eyes that my mom had. You know, I see that that legacy. And I feel her around. We were talking before the break about symbols. And you were talking about pennies. For my mother, it's the time 1111. She had the story she would tell that she was going to die on November 11th at 11. Now she didn't, she died September 27th, but probably around 11 p.m., the the coroner figured. So she got part of it right. But she was always fascinated by those two numbers long before they became really popular. And if you Google 1111, you'll find a gazillion hits about the significance of those two numbers. Every day, if we happen to look at the clock and it's 1111, we say, hi, mom. And tons of people in our lives do this. And this yep. has been 19 years since she died. Yep. When my dad passed away on the, the, the day we had to take him off life support, somebody had put a picture of a hummingbird up on the door to his room. And I said to the nurse, that, who did that? That's so beautiful. My dad loved hummingbirds. And she said, that's the sign for do not resuscitate. They use animal symbols in our hospital here so that the family members aren't faced with those words knowing that they've already had to go through this painful process of making this decision. And instead they use code and the code is based on animals. So I said to my stepmom afterwards that when we see hummingbirds, that will be, that will be dad, that will be grandpa, that will be him letting us know that he's okay. And whether or not that's the ultimate truth is irrelevant because it's something that gives us a sense of connectiveness to him to his memory and to the importance that he had in our lives. That's why these symbols are so important to us when we lose a loved one. It's, I would say to my students or my clients, find something. I don't care what it is. It's a penny, it's a bird, it's it's an image, it's a time of day. Find something that when you see that, it's that moment of, oh right, there's that hole in my heart. Because if we try to to cover up that hole, if we try to push that hole down, it's going to show up again later on in our lives and not in healthy ways. 
And so even though I've played some of the blame game with myself, you know, if only I'd been there every single day at the hospital. Yeah. If only I'd gone in at nighttime and sat with him. You know, if only we'd given him one more day. I've, I've done that. I've played that game. It's a horrible place to go, but it's part of the transformation of the loss of the loved one to the acceptance of the loss. We have to look at all the possibilities, all the ways that it could have been different. And I know, and I know this from a place of anger, it could have been different for my father. Along the way, different decisions could have been made and he didn't have to die. I also know that, that that's part of the process too, right? I'm not in a place of acceptance yet. It's not real yet. Right. And it probably won't be for a really long time. I mean, it right. took 10 years and I was still expecting my mom to phone, right? It, it, these things simply take time. They take time to integrate. They take time to accept, to understand, to come to peace with. And there will always be that space in our heart where that person resides. And the last thing we want to do is to close that door. Yeah. That doesn't mean, and let me ask you about this, because I've heard different people talk about this. And, and that is um, some people move to do things rather quickly. So let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. Some folks say, okay, kids, please come over here and help me empty the closet. I want everything taken out. Yeah. Right. Yep. Other people don't. No, they hold on to it for decades. Yeah. And sometimes we're quick to make a judgment about what's right for other people. Mm. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit, especially in the work that you do. And, mm -hmm. you know, what we say to folks that are on their own journey with certain things. Well, we say exactly that. This is your journey. There's a certain point in this journey that it is very, very personal. Yeah. It's what you choose to do with it. My stepmother gave me my dad's watch that he always wore, and I haven't taken it off since she gave it to me. It's a big, chunky, clunky thing. I don't know if you can see it. <laughs> it's like a big, <laughs> big old man's watch, right? <laughs> but every time I look down at <laughs> it, there's that time I spent with my dad is, is symbolized and represented by that. And she did it really quickly. We had to actually put him in the ground very fast. With my mother, we cremated her, brought her back from New Zealand. It took a year before we planted her. <laughs> With my dad, he wanted a full body burial. And in the Jewish tradition, although he's not Jewish, but my stepmother is, you got to, you've got to get that body in the ground. And so we had, he died on a Thursday and Tuesday was the funeral. And we did it over on Main Island. We had about 50 people came from all over the country to be there and tons of people were calling in and writing in and, and you know wanting to connect. And then we did another, we sat Shiva um, for one night, which is another mm -hmm. Jewish tradition, 70 or so people showed up at the house and all of it was this whirlwind. And for me, it was overwhelming. And I, I, I had sort of expected a little family side by the graveside ceremony. And my, my stepmother said, I can't do it like that. Yeah. I need my community. And I said, okay, then let's have community. You know, and, and at the end of it all, it was exhausting. We were all exhausted. We were exhausted from two months of being on, on call, going through all of this, and then this whirlwind, and now he's in the ground. Now what? Now we have to do the whole living thing. Now we have to begin living our lives without him. And we're each going to do that in our own way, just like you said. My older daughter, she just collapsed. She went into an absolute panic attack the night of. 
my other daughter, my younger daughter, it's taking time. And every, every couple of days she cries and says, I just thought of grandpa or I just sang him a song or I just saw a hummingbird and I feel really sad. And she says, mom, when is the sad going to stop? And I said, it's not, it will recede, but it won't stop. Right. And that's right. okay. That's okay. That's not a sign of weakness. That's not a sign that you're not getting over it. That's a sign that you're feeling it. Yeah. And you need to feel it. You need yeah. to, this is, this is what I would, this is what I tell my clients who've come to me with these, these traumas of death is you, you are going to have to be in it and it's going to hurt like hell. But if you don't let yourself be in it in a way that is healthy, it's going to get you in the end and it's not going to be pleasant. So better to be on a good relationship with death and dying, whatever that looks like to you, whether you've got a religious understanding of it or a psychological understanding of it or a spiritual understanding of it, be on good terms with it. Actually, one of the things that I did before we had to make the decision, we knew the decision, but before we sat down with the doctors and, and then actually physically went through that process, I looked up online what to expect when you take someone off of a ventilator. And I'm so glad that I did. And I bawled the whole time I was reading it, thinking this, this can't be what's going to happen. But it was exactly what happened. So when the color drained from his face and his lips turned blue, I knew, okay, we're close. You know, when his heartbeat slowed down and he took a breath. And at one point, my stepmom said to me, is he gone? I said, maybe. And then he, his body took one more breath and then he was gone. And I had read about it. It's not the same thing as going through it, but the reading of it gave me that understanding that this is this is the process of dying this is what yeah. it looks like because yeah. most of us don't get to see that not in our culture no that is very clean in our culture generally we don't see it and the way people die on tv and tv shows it's not that's not how it happens right for the most part so to have that experience is something really quite sacred and then the other thing too i want to mention um is to share this in the way you're sharing you know, you could see, and um, Justina, thank you so much for your kind message, um, you know, which she says, hugging you from a distance, and there are three little, three beautiful hearts, uh, so much love to you. And so, you know, to be able to touch hearts and have those hearts and the energy come back to you, mm -hmm. um, really, what we're really looking at is a connection that truly brings to the forefront the best of humanity mm -hmm. if you know what i mean yeah. you know our ability to open up and show compassion and love mm -hmm. um and justina uh as one example of folks that are listening today and just opening their hearts um See, I think this is how we do create a better world. I think mm -hmm. this is how we do create transformation at levels we cannot even measure. Yeah, yeah. But you doing this, Megan, and showing up today and showing up as what you teach, you know, in that spirit of transformation and authenticity and love uh, as a master healer, uh, but also someone that knows that there is a way that all of us can learn mm -hmm. uh, how to be in the world, even with death and dying. Thank you. Thank you. 
there's a there's something that just popped into my mind that I wanted to share with everybody. You and I were talking on the break about different kinds of death and dying, and, and we were yeah. talking about suicide. Yeah. Um, and and our our views of it seem quite similar in that it is another method to to die. I know it can be very traumatic for the people left behind. I understand that, especially the ways in which some people may may choose not knowing other ways to do it. I mean, we, and we that's we don't have to go into all that right now. But the point is this: I think it takes an incredible amount of courage to die. However, that shows up for you because at some level, I truly believe it's a choice that we make. Whether it's we're hit by a bus or we're taken off ventilator or we take our own lives. Somewhere in our consciousness, we have made the decision. It's the final decision we get to make of our human life is that it's time to die and take that leap into the unknown. And maybe once we're on the other side, we're like, hey, I remember this. Okay, 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 cool, cool. I just, I forgot for 50 years or 60 years or however long it is. But for while we're here in the physical form, we don't have that memory. That's why we create stories and legends and ideas and rules around death and dying because we don't remember that it's okay to do it and we tend to be afraid yeah of death yeah. even though it's a part of life because we don't know what to expect that can be scary so when i say it takes an enormous amount of courage to die that's what i mean you know at a certain point along my dad's journey he decided he said that this is not going to work for me even if i come back from this i have no quality of life you know, and, and maybe he came to me in a dream or maybe he came to my brother or my stepmother or the whole family and said, okay, guys, you're going to have to let me go now. And we dug our heels in for a few more days and said, no, 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 let's just try one more thing. But ultimately, he had to make that decision. It was time to go. I don't have to like that decision. I can stamp my feet about it. I can get upset with him. I can say, what were you thinking? I wanted another 20 years with you. But none of that changes the empowerment I think we could learn to understand and feel with the recognition that this is the ultimate and final choice that we get to make, yeah. however it unfolds for us, and that it is courageous to say it's time to take that step across the veil. And one of the things I was thinking about how timely this show is, we're in October. Yeah. In many cultures, including Celtic cultures and Northern European cultures, which is where my father was from, heritage-wise, this is the time of year where it is believed that the veil is the thinnest between the land of the dead and the land of the living. And this is when we can communicate most effectively with them. And lots of our Halloween traditions are actually hearkening back to a much more sacred understanding of, of death and the afterlife and the mysteries of what it is that happens to us on the other side. And we keep that alive through our our fun Halloween traditions. But if you do the research, you'll see the places where this is really a celebration of death as the door that opens yeah. to whatever it is that comes afterwards. And yeah. if that brings you peace, then have it. Whatever brings you peace at the end of the day, whether it's a Roman Catholic tradition or a Jewish tradition or a Muslim tradition or a pagan tradition, that's that's the ultimate place where the healing starts is when you decide you're going to come to peace with whatever it is that has happened. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I'll be perfectly well, honest with all of our listeners. I know I'm not there yet. It's been three weeks. I still have, I got some processing to do around all of this. And that's yeah. okay. 
that's okay. And, you know, I'm not quite sure who is making up the rules around this. Mm. When you love someone or you care for someone, for example, like Linda did for her mom for 12 plus years, mm-hmm. every day, yeah, every day, helping her through her cancer uh, and a shout out to Mary Jane Mack for um, pinpointing something with her heart and giving her nutrition to boost her heart from 20% to 60 the doctors thought we were given Joan drugs. Um, uh, you can't tell someone to simply wake up and let go of that. And I think today what you're sharing is, believe it or not, you're giving people permission. And I know that sounds weird, but we don't live in a society that allows us to honor those that have passed on in the way ancients did. Mm -hmm. But you've opened the door to say, you have the right to whatever the process is. You absolutely do. Yeah, and you're here to help people go through that. Yeah, Yeah. when I'm ready. (laughs) Well, I gotta tell you, Mm. you showed up today and did a show on it. And I'm not sure that I could have done that, but I tell you what, something within you or maybe something or an energy that's no longer on this planet Mm. is helping you move forward. I want to thank you. Megan, one last question. Please give people your website, but also what's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Believe it or not, I haven't got one. It just feels like sometimes what the most important thing to do, what the most important thing you can do is to just move into the nothingness for a few minutes, for an hour, a walk on the beach, just that space for yourself. I don't have all the answers. I don't know what I could say that would help somebody go through this kind of a loss except that there is space. If you give yourself space, there is the space to do it. Hmm. And to find me, Google Megan Edge or Megan Edge Healing, you'll find me, Facebook, website, email. All of it. And you'll certainly find all the shows we've done and the shows we're about to do because this this is the way that you reach out through your action, Megan, and help others understand this is a journey and it's actually their birthright to take it. Thank you so much for today, Megan. Thank you, Pat. You've been listening to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio and the Dr. Pat Show Network, providing you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. If you've missed any part of this episode or want to find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca.